You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Jesse McAnally. And I am Andrew DeWolf. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, a podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical theater. How are you doing today, Andrew? Oh boy, I got invited to this party. It's a bunch of theater people. Oh, they're um, the worst, aren't they? Oh man, all they will, all they did was the whole time, over and over and over again, they just kept talking about how terrible they all are and how I should hate them. And I just kept thinking to myself, man, somebody just got murdered and you're talking about this? <laughs> Man, you're right. Um, in case you haven't picked up on that subtle throwdown, this week we're talking about the musical A Killer Party. Cue the music, Bree. So what's exciting is I've been writing a piece of theater never seen before. It's Beat and Dazzle meets Razzle Dazzle with someone lying dead upon the dining room floor. Serpent Pace is the greatest play in my theater's history. I've written a great murder A Killer Party is a musical with music by Jason Howland and lyrics by Nathan Tyson and a book by Rachel Axler and Kate Kerrigan. It premiered on Vimeo August 5th, 2020 in nine parts. So it was like separated into like little episodes, which I think it's probably easier to digest than a full film. Um, the plot of this show is A Killer Party is a collaboration between more than 50 Broadway professionals all working together remotely, shot from home and delivered directly to your home. It tells the story of a detective Justine Case trying to solve the strange murder of a theater director of an eccentric theater troupe. Alright, so it's weird that this almost feels like a product of its time and that time was literally last summer. Yeah, this is like, we're, we're still in the pandemic and yeah. like a lot of people are pretending we're not but, but we kind of still are but this still feels like man, that was from the pandemic wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird to say that because we are in the pan, but this feels like the heat of the pandemic, like the start when everyone's like, oh, God, what are we going to do? And there's like 800 gags about how they're quarantining themselves, um, not directly in reference to the pandemic, though, but definitely directly in reference to the pandemic <laughs> yes 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 um and being a product of its time does not automatically make something bad let's just say that um like ratatouille the tiktok musical that was effective as a thing but it also is a pandemic that musical that had to be done that specific way for because pandemic 
Yes. Um, I will say being a product of your time can make it so it's easier for you to age poorly, though. You're not wrong there. Um, it's weird to <laughs> s- And there have, like, I remember when this show premiered, um, and they were already talking about online productions with Detroit casts. Like, this is already a musical theater international. People can register to do this as, like, get your theater troupe together or get your group of kids and your drama club together to do this online, which I think is great, and especially during that thing, to have an option for that is wonderful. Yeah, well, of course. I mean, you have to have some sort of option, and obviously, since we're still in the pandemic, yeah. that's probably an option people are still looking into. Mm-hmm. And as for a musical... That is um, a quarantine musical about pandemic, like uh, about being quarantined and like can be done with those conditions. This is wonderful. I'm going to say that. And also, I have to say, because I keep forgetting to do this. This is a Patreon request from one of our favorite patrons, uh, Mina Maniri. So thank you, Mina. Um, Yeah. You always pick the interesting ones, Mina. It's always the ones we least suspect, but we're probably going to have a good amount to say. Yeah, and like with almost everything that Mina recommends, I, I feel like I have to come down a little more negative than you here. Uh, I, I, I w- <laughs> the thing is, I really wanted to like this a lot more than I did. Um, and I have reasons why I feel like watching it is not the best experience. Um, but this is almost a musical for theater people and nobody else. <laughs> That's kind of which it. is my least favorite type of music. <laughs> I know, um, but sometimes you can do that and have it work for the everyday crowd, like the prom, which is a musical about musicals. That is also its own thing. Yeah, um, but other times it's just a bunch of jokes that are references to other shows, references yes. to particular actors, references to the fact that all theater people think that theater people are insufferable. Um, <laughs> So, Andrew, describe the plot of A Killer Party to me. Okay. Um, there's, like, a framing device. Do we care to... It's only worthwhile because it is, like, I'd say the most pedigree Broadway actor in there. Like, the, I don't want to say elder because she's not really that old. But the... I'm, I'm sticking with it. The elder Broadway statesman of it, Carolee Carmelo, plays the older version of our main character. And it's told from a framing device of her writing about her exploits as a detective in the future which is neat ish yeah they do like a i I hesitate to call it a joke but it's i guess it's a joke where she doesn't want to write her memoir and does anything else other than that and then does write the memoir it does do some things that are theatrically interesting later on where she has a duet with her present self and her past self i like that like if you're gonna do it you do it for that reason and they it works um either way continue Okay, so you have the framing device, and then they start writing about the first case that they did, and that's where we move to the killer party. Um, now, this is a, I, I feel like you have to just accept it, but it doesn't make any sense to me. They have a party that is simultaneously like a a, a dinner party just for these people, but also like a show that people are going to be watching. Um, I was trying to figure out what the heck they were trying to, because someone's playing the lead in the dinner party. Um, And I understand that these murder mystery dinner parties can have like people play different characters and stuff, but is it usually 
fully scripted and like there's a lead actor and like side actors you in see the... maybe i just interpreted wrong but i interpreted that this was a theater troupe preparing for a new show and it was like their get together dinner before it but maybe i'm just wrong I thought it was like a murder mystery party where like, you know, you'll give people like, oh, you're going to be this character and you're going to be this character, but you're not performing for an audience like you're performing for each other, you know, like it could have been a rehearsal, maybe like a rehearsal dinner. That's a thing. Yeah. Either way. um, Because why would you need a stage manager for a... That's what I was trying to figure out. I was like, what is, like, what is this? I thought they were just meeting up as like, let's meet the cast and crew and creatives and get to know one another and then murder. Oh, no. But they they got to know each other in costume? Maybe. (laughs) Uh, It's more fun that way. Sure. So they all meet up um, and there's this, like, eccentric Broadway person who's running it, essentially. Um, and they end up getting murdered, and they're the host, obviously. Uh, which, isn't this just Clue? I mean, it's a pastiche on murder mysteries. It's fine. Yeah, but I'm just like... You're just taking the tropes. Yeah, it's it's all of those tropes, basically. The detective comes in, it's, it's her first ever case. Um, has to interview all these wacky characters who are playing other characters. Um, and figure out who did the murder. It's a, and you know, I, I guess this, should I spoil it here? I feel like it was not even necessary. The yet, thing but. is, I called it as soon as it was, it was dropped in a line of dialogue and we never saw the character. I knew what the twist was. It's not the most in-depth murder mystery in the world. No. Nor is it really, it really trying to be. Really, it doesn't even, like, matter. Make sense. Like, the, the murderer isn't even one of the characters. It's just like someone else you know which whatever you know it's fine but it's just more of a it's more of a goof than yeah. than an actual murder mystery and yeah it's like <laughs> were you paying attention when someone said a throwaway line of dialogue which you should always be doing if you're watching a mystery yes of course um but if you're expecting like they're gonna figure out which one of the characters it was they're not no no <laughs> that's not this. um there is a lot of people that attempted murdering and thought they murdered but yeah, they did like a like a knives out thing where like someone thought they, they did a murder. Someone thought they did the murder, but they didn't do the murder because someone else canceled out the murder with it's like uh, poison. And I don't think this would actually work like a poison, but then other person anti point like wouldn't they still die of like drug overdose? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. It's a fun plot contrivance. I get I get it. I don't love it. Um however, we brought this up in our Ratatouille discussion. Acting with your iPhone and in a scene like that where you don't really have another partner is very very difficult work. It's very difficult to go from stage to screen in a acting role without a very in-depth intense director trying to guide you or kind of and your fellow actors kind of matching the intensity. Which very you probably often don't have when it's a phone screen in your yes. house <laughs> and that's one of the strange things that i it's it's one of those things that you don't see outside of student film work um and it did give me like flashbacks to film school a lot where well, someone like a youtube video <laughs> well yeah it feels no 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 no. okay this is gonna be a weird reference it feels oh, like no. early nostalgia critic where it would be like another reviewer oh, coming in there. 
He's going there. He's another <laughs> reviewer would come in and it's like, who are you? And then they've got like a fan like, blowing in the background. The cat's rolling <laughs> around. And it's who like, are you, person that is appearing in my video but not in my location? And the thing is, he will deliver it like really, like, who are you? And he's like, I am the cri- critic who reviews the, <laughs> the movie bads. I'm the cat critic. I only review movies with cats in them. <laughs> you hear about the movie with cats? Is that why you're here? We're talking I about cats? I had to point out that this movie you're watching has a cat in it. But the thing is, like, <laughs> the difference in quality, the difference in audio, and the difference in delivery, all <laughs> at once, <laughs> like, kind of throws you off, and, like, th- there is no performative connection. However, there is tiny things that show that there is effort. Like, when people have to hand things to each other, there is the effort to try to make it look like it's being handed through screens. You can, like, professionals are trying to make this and are trying to make it good, but they have no means to do it. (laughs) Yes, um, and it's kind of charming in that way. Oh, I think one of the worst... Best ex- best examples of this is like when they're running to sit at the table and all they do is they just put all of the different like pieces of footage that every one of them has and they just scramble them around the screen and, and have footstep sounds. <laughs> you remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> and I think a lot of these wonderful stage actors, they knock it out on stage and they feed off the audience energy. They feed off their other actors energy. Um, that is where they're in their element. And a lot of these people aren't film actors as much as they they might have been in films, but that's not their forte. Let's say that. However, there is one that really stands out among them all. And... Uh, Maybe you'll disagree with me, but Jessica Keto, Jessica Keenan Wynn, who plays the lead, the lead, the the detective uh, Justine Case, she mm-hmm. gets the tone. She's able to kind of match the energy of everyone around her, and she obviously has a lot of film credit under her. She was like in the Mom Mia movie. Um, she was. She's done a lot of stuff, and she's been on a lot of television. She's very, very good at keeping her presence, and as a lead, you can feel the charisma come off the screen, where other charismatic stage actors, like Laura Osnes, who plays the the clown actress that doesn't the want to be a clown. former lead? Yes. I think that she's great in most things, but here she kind of falls flat because she doesn't have the audience feeding her back, her other actors feeding her back. She is the only one with another actor in the room, though, so it is shocking. There's just... It really feels like a YouTube movie, though. Like, it, it, the comparison is really there. And I think a lot of pandemic stuff, because Rat- the Ratatouille one felt like this, too. It's just the amount of, like... Because I think stage actors are almost made to overact so that they can hit the back of the audience. And that's not a bad thing. But when you're filming and you're like, it's like this and then you're overacting, it's like it's it's just ridiculous. And then everyone is doing it. And it's like, okay, what am I what am I watching here? (laughs) Is this Kickassia? Oh, man. And like. I don't want to say that it's not ever fun or it's not none of it is good at all because we've, I mean, there is much, much worse stuff out there and they're, they're giving it their best here. I just, you know, I don't think it works that well. 
And I think once the pandemic is over, this is just going to be a relic that people will look back on and be like, oh, remember that? <laughs> well, that's going to lead to my follow-up question. Would this work as a straight-up musical? Like, if they just took this script and they turned it into, like, a quick one-act, hour-and-a-half musical with and put it on stage, would it work at all? <sighs> I mean, I think you said it best when it's it's a show for theater people and that's it. So me, I don't think I would like it because, I mean, 90% of the jokes in here barely made me laugh at all. Um, like every single time. And I think they did this joke like four times where they're just like theater people are insufferable. And the lead is like, you're right. You're telling me it's like, oh, my God, just stop. <laughs> just stop. I get it. You're all theater people and you're making the joke. I get it. <laughs> but then there's some things that almost like this feels like a TV movie, but not like but it's also like digital theater um there's one song that i just i i thought most of this was fine to be honest i i know it sounds like i'm kind of ragging on it but i think it's fine and i'll go into what what i mean by that a little later there's one song i find completely insufferable and a little self-indulgent into the theater thing like the offhand sure. jokes can be a little cringy but you kind of expect that from theater people writing about theater people for theater people there's yeah. an entire song about how awesome Jeremy Jordan is. Yeah, I don't even know who Jeremy Jordan is. <laughs> We've covered a <laughs> couple things with him, Andrew. He was Jamie. Dude, I don't remember actors. Like, come on. He was <laughs> Jamie in the last five years movie. Okay. He was Clyde and Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. I've uh, definitely seen both of those. <laughs> <laughs> and he was the lead in Newsies, which you haven't seen, but... It, I'm saving that one for a big event. Maybe number 200. Stop tweeting at me about it. We'll get to it. I'm sorry. Back back to normal. If you want okay. it so badly, be a patron and request it like me and Maniri did. Um, yeah, wait, so that's that's all he's been in and, and that there was an entire song about it? Yeah, he, like, the, <laughs> the thing is, he's. it would be one thing if it was Hugh Jackman or something like that where he kind of is a meme of himself. Yeah, or, or like James Corden or something things, goofy. Yeah, things like that, where I don't particularly like them, but they are a meme of themselves, so it is kind of funny when they pop up and embrace that. There is a joke to it, whereas Jeremy yeah. Jordan is just a talented vocalist who has had more success than a Broadway actor is used to, but not like hit the ground running, like name top of film success. Yeah, like, I I mean, I'm not good with actors, and I didn't know them, and I was just like, you know, this is probably somebody, every theater person is laughing hysterically right now, and, and I'm just here. <laughs> he's a great actor, like, I don't have a problem with him, but it, you're acting like he's fucking Oprah or something. Was he, he, did he actually appear? Was that actually him? That was actually him, so I'm like, okay, so that's the one that part. Is that why that song exists? Basically, Maybe. Because they got him, and they were like, oh, we'll write a song about it. Maybe. I, I can't say. But that is the one thing that makes me think, man, this could not work literally in any other way. You kind of shot yourselves in the foot here. Unless you're going to try to get, like, a slightly bigger name guy for every production. I can't imagine a bunch of kids putting this on and it's like, uh, is, um, who are we going to get? Um, we're going to get <laughs> gym teacher Bill! Oh, gym teacher Bill. Everybody knows him. He's everyone's favorite <laughs> guy in the school. Yeah. I mean, there's other self-indulgent ones in other ways. Um, the one that stuck out to me was uh, Stuck, 
which is maybe not self-indulgent, but so entirely stuck in its time period. Yes. That like it's basically once we're past the pandemic, it's just going to be like, yeah, I don't really want to remember this. (laughs) But then again, I, I, I try not to criticize that too much because I remember a year ago and it felt like the entire world stopped because it did. Yeah, but then you also have like the TikTok joke, which is like painful and I don't know. I, I, a huge part of my problem with this is a lot of the humor just does not land for me. Um, even beyond the humor that's entirely based around theater stuff. And like there's this TikTok joke in Stuck, which was just kind of painful for me. And the joke at the beginning about how they don't want to write their memoir. I just I don't I don't really understand. I didn't think it was that funny. Um, and they did it like three times. I, I don't know. Maybe there's not comedy writers on this. Maybe they just weren't bringing their A game. Maybe it's just not up my alley. I think people in, let's say, what was this, August of last year, like almost exactly a year ago, um, were just so craved for theatrical content. Because what was that? It had to have been five months since Broadway shut down where they just needed something and that something kind of manifest um I th- <laughs> it's like <laughs> when you haven't had sweets for a very long time and then you get an entire box of donuts but then you eat the whole thing and yeah it's good in the moment when you're shoving it down your mouth but the next day you're gonna like feel like garbage I think that's a good way to describe this it's too much all at yeah. once I mean, but I understand why it happened. I also don't think it's like horrendously bad, even though I have been kind of like saying that I didn't like it at all. But I feel like that's while that is true that I didn't really like it that much. We have watched a lot worse stuff. And this is like a pandemic thing that helped people through the pandemic. Exactly. And got all these actors paid. I I don't like if you liked this last year because there was nothing else happening, whatever. (laughs) I no, get it. I don't, I'm not going to criticize you because you liked it. I don't care. <laughs> Can I tell you what I think holds this back um, in what it currently is? Sure. I think that what holds this back more than even the Ratatouille musical, because the Ratatouille musical kind of put effort in to make sure this was the one thing that worked. Okay. I think the audio is a horrendous issue in this, and it really kind of ruins the entire thing that it's trying to do. I feel like I kind of noticed this, but you explain what you mean and I'll see if I agree. Okay. Um, I think the difference in audio is just bad. Um, it's just on-camera mics and yeah, we can't like buy labs for everyone, but yes, uh, it sucks. But also, I can't understand the words to any of the songs. It's, it, it's obviously dubbed, but it's not properly mixed at all. It felt rushed to me. Yeah. Um... It felt like they had to get it out, which they probably did. Well, I think it was um, like a weekly series, which, okay. Yeah. But it seems like they put the effort in the wrong places. Like, there's very nice green screen effects and, like, doubling and all of that stuff, which is cool, but you should have focused on your audio mix and you're actually mixing the tracks and all that because... the. After I watched this, I pulled up the cast recording um, on iTunes, and I really like the songs. I think all the songs are very good. I think these are very talented composer-writers. I think they're very catchy. I think they're well-executed. They're doing their thing. They're supporting the actors in their best... um, They're playing to their best strengths on every actor. 
it doesn't come yeah. across in the video version. This does not come across in the actual version because it's so poorly mixed. It's so poorly integrated. It's overly echoey. It's, I don't want to say overly produced because it feels just thrown together to kind of feel nice. But then they do all these really nice green screen effects and it kind of is like, what, 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 isn't it important that we hear your lyrics? Yeah. I mean, I agree. I do have to agree. They, if it feels rushed, uh, and I mean, it, it kind of goes with the whole YouTube quality thing. It feels like a, it was like they had to get it out, or maybe they just felt like they didn't have time. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they couldn't get a, a good audio engineer because of the pandemic. I, I I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I'm gonna give as much credit, but um, you know, audio is probably one of the easier things to do over Zoom or over yeah. like us. We have decent-ish audio most days, except when Andrew's squeak in his chair all live long day, but, you know, we Which can't, is every day. Yeah, we can't do much about that, because Andrew won't buy a new chair. Um, I already bought a new chair. They just, it doesn't stop. <laughs> just gotta... I don't know. Mine isn't giving me that trouble. Well, I have a mic on my chair, that's why. Oh, that's fair. Um, gives you the full experience. Gives you the full experience. Uh... Uh, audio it shocked me because i feel like audio should be the first thing you should be worried about in a musical well pandemic musicals were a brand new thing uh they probably were obviously perfected perfected the formula and i think this came first so yes I, i i'm not critiquing that much but that is the reason why i feel like it didn't hit as hard for me um because I listened to the album, and the album's great. I do recommend the album more than the actual watching of the thing. And I think also the other reason why I think uh, Jessica, Jessica Keenan Wynn really kind of stands out is she has the most clear diction among everyone. Um, she is very clear in everything that she's saying, where other people are just like... You know, they're they're performing and her character kind of leans more to like the clear speaking, the 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 Christine Baranski yeah. effects. I I think some people just weren't used to what this was and, no. and they, they thought didn't... they could talk the same way as they could if they're mic'd and they're in a big theater environment. Yeah. And they didn't realize that their phone has a bad mic that doesn't really work very well. <laughs> <laughs> My God. I think we're all aware of that now. Okay, well... But you know, who cares what we think? Yeah. It's time for us to compare our opinions with that of the New York Theatrical Critics, which this somehow got reviews from. It's time for Brie Views, without Brie, because Brie had a family emergency. That rhymes. It's time for Brie Views. Brie Views. It's time for Brie Views. Well, I mean... They didn't really have anything else to review, did they? Yeah, I mean, Ben Brantley <laughs> saw Godspell and, like, said it was better than crying at home, so. Yeah. Can like, we talk about Ben Brantley's thing. website for a second? Oh, <laughs> Where boy, he has little emojis of himself. <laughs> uh, is that's that it. his website, or is this a, a someone who doesn't like Ben Brantley's website? No, I that's Ben tell. Brantley's website, and he... It's all about whether he liked it, but it was supposed to be about whether critics liked it, but it's all about him. <laughs> Well, it's literally a picture, like an emoji of him doing either a thumbs up, sitting on a fence, or a thumbs down, and that's like the extent of it. <sighs> yeah. 
Ben Brantley, glad you're gone. Fix that website, guys. Um, either way, Andrew, let me let me do the first one. You'll do the second one. Sure. All right. So this one is from the New York Times theater critic Jesse Green, who said, "I used to have high standards for new musicals. <laughs> Relevance, craft, and reason for being were traits I looked for, but often found lacking." Now that we're in lockdown, I'm just happy to see talented people working on anything that doesn't actively make me wish they weren't. That's that's a backhanded compliment if I ever had one. Um, Yeah. You may not need much during a pandemic either. And a killer party directed remotely, but with verve by Mark Bruni, who winks broadly at its limitations. The choreography by Sarah Aglepi makes fun of the fact that it is necessarily rudimentary. So do Bobby Pierce's closet treasure costumes, and when Detective Case has the six suspects self-isolate for interviews in separate rooms of the Varthers' house, they are actually, of course, rooms in each other and each rooms in each actors. If you ever want to know what Laura Ozis's bed looks like or what Gerard Specter wears in the tub, now for just twelve ninety nine, you can. <laughs> Jesse Green. I mean, this is a very accurate review, and I think I agree. We, I did have to pay money for this, by the way. I paid twelve, like thirteen bucks for this. Yeah, I'm happy to do mean, it because I, I hope was it, goes, it worth it. I, it is because I hope these actors got paid. Also, thirteen dollars for a, you know, a, a theater. That's not production. a bad. That's not a bad price. Pretty cheap. <laughs> it's not complaining. I just wanted to say I did pay for this. Well, uh, what do you, do you agree with this? I mean. It's fun to look at other their houses, yeah. Like Jessica Keenan Wynn. Um, <laughs> I like seeing the Heather's uh, playbill hung up on her wall and taking me out and reminding me, oh yeah, you were in Heather's. <laughs> <laughs> if only I was watching that. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't they do that as a pandemic musical? Wouldn't that right. have been great? We also have uh, Jay Handelman of the Sarasota Herald Tribune. Hey, this is your neck of the woods. Well, I live in Saratoga, not Sarasota. Oh my god. I thought you lived I, sh- in- I, I don't even know if this is near where I am or not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Sarasota's in Florida now that I think about it. Yeah. All right, well, at another time, under different circumstances, a killer party might not be as much silly fun as it is now. Uh, this is another way of saying my standards are extremely low right now. <laughs> of course, under different circumstances, if live theaters were open and allowed to produce shows with audiences, Killer Party probably wouldn't exist. It is a murder mystery musical created to accommodate the theatrical limitations of the coronavirus pandemic. It features catchy songs performed by a talented, talented cast of Tony Award nominees and other Broadway veterans who bring far more power to the material than is probably actually there. Um, uh, what is this? Osnes and Spectre? Yep. Osnes and Spectre appear together on screen, and the entire time they shared a, a scene, I wondered how they had done it and how safe it was. That made the reality of coronavirus intrude on this lighthearted fantasy. Really? That's your in your review? Okay. Did they live for two weeks in an actor's version of an NBA bu- bubble? Were, were their spouses or families with them? Were they afraid? I sadly became more involved with my concern for them and thinking about what it's going to be like when we get to go back to see live performers than the plot. But as a diversion, it's fun and the music is worth hearing. That's that, that that's fair. No, it's nope. a long tangent about two people that were on. I just figured they lived together. I guess not. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. I knew they didn't. So I was like, oh, that's weird. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess if I if I had known that they didn't live together, that would be something I would think about, but... Mm-hmm. So, do we agree with those? I mean, they basically said in so many words what we said. I mean, both of them said, lower your expectations really far. Settle but also... for me. Come on, just settle for me. It's <laughs> but also, it's the best you're going to get. <laughs> The thing I is, mean, yeah. would anyone really talk about this outside of a pandemic? If this had come out and the pandemic didn't happen, I think it would have been like, one, nobody would even talk about it. And if they did, they would probably be like, wow, that wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> but we understand context and we understand why this was made. So, mm-hmm. And that's you know. not a bad thing. Context has to be considered. Yes, and it, it is, and for what that is, it's good. Is it as good as Ratatouille? No. But you know what? Ratatouille felt like an event where we were giving kids the right to like exist neck and neck with real theater people. This is real theater people patting themselves on the back. Ratatouille was important not because it was a pandemic show, but because it was written by TikTok. <laughs> because it was written by children? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whereas this show references TikTok in, like, a joke way that is just kind of cringe. <laughs> Man, tell us what you really think, Andrew. Oh, my. They just do a whole song, and then there's, like, one line where they're like, I hear TikTok is fun, and then it just, something else. Ha- it's like, didn't you just, it's wasn't there a murder? Humor. Wasn't there a murder, like, five minutes ago? It's literally the song after <laughs> the murder happened. <laughs> I mean, Andrew, they took away their phones. How will they survive? Wait, wasn't this before the phones got taken away? I don't remember. How were they? Wait, did their phones get taken away and then they were still using TikTok? Come on. Get your plot straight. <laughs> Andrew's getting mad. You know what? I think Andrew needs some time to to, to steam off, you know, get his diaper changed. How about I'm we go into diapy. a mid-show and we talk more about this? Okay. resolutions well i've been trying to bulk up a little bit i think i might be hitting the gym i don't know what about you i just know for a fact or there's only one place you should be looking at to get a high protein good calorie diet and that's factor factors ready to eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year Skip the grocery stores, the prep work, and the cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals delivered, where, Andrew? Right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan plus, veggie, and, of course, protein first, which is just what you're looking for, right, Andrew? Oh, absolutely, and I really appreciate how you forced the pun in even more this month than the last one. Well, I don't know if there's any facts or fiction here, but it sounds like we got a lot coming up. Um, Forget the frantic lunch preps and rush dinners. Factor's two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the new year. Fuel up with fast restaurant-quality meals, all delivered, where, Andrew? Right to your door. Uh, To my door, absolutely, yep. I mean, that is where I want them. But it's not just, like, quick and easy solutions. They're also a great special occasion meal. I know you and your girlfriend don't go out to restaurants as much. Imagine having just a restaurant coming to you and you having date night right at home. 
You know, she'd really appreciate that once in a while, I think. But not only do they offer fast, simple solutions when you're too busy to cook, they will also help you stay on top of those goals to bulk up, Andrew. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, you can stay on track. And you know what? That's going to get pretty handy in your New Year goals. Am I right, Andrew? You know, it is sounding pretty good, but where would I go to get this? Well, you would head to factormeals.com musicals50 and use code musicals50 to get 50% off. That code, musicals50, at factorsmeal.com musicals50 to get 50% off. I mean, by the end of this year, thanks to Factor, you're going to be ripped. You're going to be looking like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. They're going to call him Dwayne the Pebble Johnson next to you. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that. Maybe I'll get to be in Moana 2. You'll, you'll be in Moana 3 and 4, thanks to Factor. <laughs> so, go to factormeals.com, kids, and get your 50% off deal. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt you in the middle of the show, but we've got a sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-s
Okay, Layla. Uh, RJ Noriga, uh, Sebastian Canino, um, also known as uh, Cinemageddon Reviews. Was he and... the one that did the collab with the Nostalgia Critic in the opening? Yeah. He, what he's are you like... doing here, Cinemageddon Reviews? I'm here because you're covering uh Armageddon movie, and only I'm allowed to do that. No! <laughs> <laughs> and Avon <laughs> Reagan. <laughs> Avon Reagan is the last one. That's a great name, by the way. Avon Reagan. That sounds like a villain name in like a is Power it Reagan Rangers or, or Regan. Regan? I feel like it's Regan. What if it's Even Reven? Avin Regan. There's so many, so You're many ways to way... mispronounce it. We, I mean, the new new patrons, we have to mispronounce their names at least once. So yeah, we, um, we, we we've covered all of our bases now. <laughs> <laughs> but they give us a little financial support that helps us keep the lights on here. Musicals with cheese. If you'd like to join them in supporting us, get all those fun perks, commentaries. You get to see our video versions of us where we have a lot of extra content. Bree cuts a lot out of what eventually goes onto the episode, so you for get good reason. Yeah, for good reason. <laughs> but you will get the full versions on Patreon with our video faces too um so if you want that come join us over at patreon um also you get the episodes a day early which is pretty great so you get the video episodes a day early and you get those by donating anything on patreon you don't have to mm-hmm. like y- n- there's not a tier rating if you are don't on our patreon you bank. get that um so how about we get back to the episode andrew let's do it <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, Andrew. Do you got any New Year's resolutions? Well, I've been trying to bulk up a little bit. I think I might be hitting the gym. I don't know. What about you? I just know for a fact, or there's only one place you should be looking at to get a high-protein, good-calorie diet, and that's Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, the prep work, and the cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals delivered where, Andrew? Right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan plus, veggie, and of course, protein first, which is just what you're looking for, right, Andrew? Oh, absolutely. And I really appreciate how you forced the pun in even more this month than the last one. Well, I don't know if there's any facts or fiction here, but it sounds like we got a lot coming up. Um, Forget the frantic lunch preps and rush dinners. Factor's two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the new year. Fuel up with fast restaurant-quality meals, all delivered, where, Andrew? Right to your door. Uh, To my door, absolutely, yep. I mean, that is where I want them. But it's not just, like, quick and easy solutions. They're also a great special occasion meal. I know you and your girlfriend don't go out to restaurants as much. Imagine having just a restaurant coming to you and you having date night right at home. You know, she'd really appreciate that once in a while, I think. 
But not only do they offer fast, simple solutions when you're too busy to cook, they will also help you stay on top of those goals to bulk up, Andrew. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, you can stay on track. And you know what? That's going to get pretty handy in your New Year goals. Am I right, Andrew? You know, it is sounding pretty good, but where would I go to get this? Well, you would head to factormeals.com slash musicals50 and use code musicals50 to get 50% off. That code, musicals50, at factorsmeal.com slash musicals50 to get 50% off. I mean, by the end of this year, thanks to Factor, you're going to be ripped. You're going to be looking like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. They're going to call him Dwayne The Pebble Johnson next to you. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that. Maybe I'll get to be in Moana, too. You'll, you'll be in Moana 3 and 4, thanks to Factor. <laughs> so, go to factormeals.com, kids, and get your 50% off deal. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Killer party, oh, I'm killer party, oh, there'll be motives and ball back, a fight to survive, it's my killer party, and I've never felt so alive. All right, so the music was done by... Composers, I think, are very, very good. Um, Jason Howland, who is most known for the 2004 musical version of Little Women, um, which I think is very good. Um, and then Nathan Tyson, um, who we've covered before. Um, we He did the music for Amelie, which we... Ah. Which I think is also very good. Um, he also did... Uh, Tuck Everlasting, which I did on another podcast because it it wouldn't really suit our show very well. So I covered it on, ooh, what was the show called? Uh, Oh, God. Jeffrey's podcast. I'm trying to remember it. Uh, A musical theater podcast with Jeffrey Scott Parsons. (laughs) Well... I think if anything is strong in this, it's the music, even if in the recording it's a little bit mixed poorly. <laughs> yes. Like the first song, um, A Killer Party, like after the prologue. I think yes. the song's pretty good, setting up all the characters, their goals, their relationships. It does what an opening number should do very well. And it's fun. Yeah. It's I mean, bouncy. It's, I like it. It's got a it's got a really like on the nose joke. Which is actually fine. I think this is one of the jokes that that lands. It's it's the host continuously saying, "I feel so alive," in, in every chorus, and it's like, "Yeah, he's he's gonna for die, a, right?" For a murder <laughs> mystery, that's a fun gag. That's not the worst <laughs> joke in the world. Yeah, it's like that's fine. That's that's a funny ish gag. Um, and, and the song itself is is fun to listen to. It's bouncy enough, so. No, no faults in that. I, I also just love how the harmonies mix. Listen to the cast album. The harmonies are really, really good in the cast album. They do not live too up to it in the video version. Um, yeah. Another song that I think is really good is Justine's song, Today's Detective. Someone just
I think for an I want number, that's great. It kind of shows you how kind of down on her luck she is. Um, And I like the fact that she's kind of a detective that wasn't really a detective, which is a fun twist on it. Um, An underdog kind of style detective. Um, It kind of makes it hard to root for her sometimes, (laughs) as weird as that is. Is it because she doesn't know what she's doing and you feel like, man, why didn't they send a real detective or? A little bit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it would be one thing if she was just kind of like an underling or like working in the agency, but not, but she was a meter mate. (laughs) Look, they had just seen Zootopia and they're like, it worked, it worked in Zootopia. We're doing it. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. That was literally what happened in Zootopia. (laughs) Shit. Huh. (laughs) Man. (laughs) Sorry, I gotta let that sink in for a second. Um, I think that she sings this song beautifully. I think the song is really fun and kind of sets a tone for this character who isn't set up in the opening number. I think she's the only one not set up in the opening number. Well, she is technically set up in the prologue. Prologue, but not in like ish. the opening, opening, the yeah. killer party one. And in, 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 in this one, the detective is actually like the lead too, which some murder mysteries don't go that route. Well, I've been writing a couple of... I, I do murder writing on the side. Andrew's done a couple readings of them. And the point of the detective is they're not really a character. They're not the one with the arc. They're the point of view of the audience. And as they learn something, we learn something. So it's really True. hard to try to give them depth when they are literally just our eyes and ears. Um, but here, because it's a joke musical yes. where the mystery doesn't really exist... Um, <laughs> The detective actually has an arc. An arc, (laughs) and she's fun. She's a fun person to watch. She is the most engaging actor in the entire piece. And she should be. Yeah. Um, Um, Let's talk about Stuck, because I know you hate this song. It is the most pandemic-related. I'm stuck. Will I be waiting here long? I swear to God, my hands are clean. I swear I've done nothing wrong, so why am I in quarantine? I'm all alone here. I'm all alone here. I'm all alone here. I'm all alone here. They say there's a killer that's outside the door. The only thing I know for sure. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. It's just... This is like the first song where they're just like, actually, we don't care about the murder mystery thing at all. We're just going to do jokes. And on on some level, I understand, although I kind of wish they would let the murder mystery thing build up a little bit and then do the jokes. But instead, they undermine it immediately. And they do it with jokes about the real world rather than jokes about the world world around them is around them so it's it's kind of like uh, a gigantic swing and a miss but also like they accidentally hit their own kneecaps or something but i I don't (laughs) maybe it's not bad just because you don't like it andrew okay that's fine but it is bad because i don't like it (laughs) (laughs) i i get what you mean and also just the song isn't that engaging yeah, and then it ends with a TikTok joke, which I've already gone over three times, so this is the last time. I mean, you gotta pay it off. <laughs> Rule of threes, my dude. Rule of three. Uh, the TikTok joke's bad. The end. That's... what This wasn't a joke. <laughs> 
Man, Andrew just wants to drink the haterade. Doesn't want to say nothing positive about nothing. You know that's true, and that's why they're here. Well, yeah. What song is worth talking about next here? Um, there's so many songs. There are a lot of songs in this. Um, there are a lot of songs, but I feel like there is a huge amount of them that are just not important. Yeah, they're very, very... Well, the way that the show is formatted is a lot like another very famous musical by the name of Cats, where they introduce a character and they give them a song. <laughs> the way they set up the mis- quote-unquote mystery as well is that basically every character that the detective goes to is set up to be a red herring. Yeah. It's like, this character, oh, they have a motive and they have a means that they could have done it. Oh, but they didn't. They say this person did it. Oh, but this person has a, a motive and a means that they could have done it. Oh, but they said they didn't and this person. So, in like, I think the next like four songs are just that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> I think uh, I think one I'd want to talk about is uh, the never miss my mark, which yes. is when we finally break that cycle and someone is confessing to the murder. Remember when you wrote a fake prescription for the drug Sugamadex? What's in your blood? It squeezes the heart until you have an attack. And no one grabbed him, and then I stabbed him right in his neck, just as the room went black. My show is a hit right out of the park With cool spectacle and compelling character arc Plus the score is full of songs Yep, and I think it's interesting that the way that they are framing... Like, this is probably the most interesting and probably the first idea that... Like, I talk about this a lot. A song that is the spark and the reason the musical exists. And this is a funny premise for a song where you have two narcissistic people that are so narcissistic that they want to take credit for a murder just because they would make them the center of attention. <laughs> like, that's a funny idea. No, it's it's funny and, you know... The reveal in itself is a little wacky, but I, I get it, because these guys technically attempted murder, but they aren't the real murderer. Um, but it's funny, like, oh, they're both singing about how great their murder attempt was, um, but it turns out that they both thwarted each other, and they accidentally stopped the murder from happening. Yeah. So it's goofy, and the song is, is good, and this is the only one where the two actors are in the same room. Yeah, like actually the same room. So. And that's why that duet kind of works. Yeah. And their, their, their comic timing in the song is very, very good. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that are bad, though, let's talk about Big Cat, the song about Jeremy Jordan. Be a Lion, oh, get back! Ah! 
<laughs> so tell us about the Baker character, Andrew. Um, I mean, what is there to say? There's a it's a character that really likes Jeremy Jordan and. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's about it. He's nervous and he's like, he can't even act innocent despite being innocent. Like, that was what I thought he was yeah, set up. He, but then he, he was just a, turns what, into a chorus boy, is what he said that yeah. he was. And then he's like eating stuff, and Jeremy Jordan, like actual Jeremy Jordan, starts showing up in the food. <laughs> and I don't understand. I think, honestly, this song exists because they got Jeremy Jordan and they're like, let's put him in. What do we got? Nothing. <laughs> Andrew, Jeremy Jordan was almost in The Greatest Showman, but not he really. He dodged a bullet. He dodged a bullet then. <laughs> and he's still a little angry about it. <laughs> oh, well. Um, I hate the song. This song really, really rubbed me the wrong way. And it is the most self-indulgent part of the entire show. Well, it's literally like one. If you don't know who Jeremy Jordan is, the joke doesn't exist. Like there just there isn't a joke. It's just not there. I guess the joke is that this person is showing up in his food, and you can try to interpret like you can try to infer who He's this person hungry is. For Jeremy Jordan. It's I I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean I agree. It's a bad song. I found it confusing and bad. So there you go. I think that's a question to bring up now because with the premise of this show um that this is a show where i try to get you to like musical theater um and we've been doing this for well over 150 episodes um i think this is 153 right now um is a show good if it's only made for theater people can a show be good if it's only made for theater people because i feel like this has no outreach stretch outside of theater people i mean i think on some level any show can be good that's if a lie. You like it. Any show could be good if you like it. I mean, I will argue that my opinion is correct, but I... Somebody in English class once told me that you should always speak objectively whenever you make an argument, and no. I kind of took it to heart, so... Why? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just feel like it, it. it's a very angry way to speak, but it gets people engaged. Hypothetically, <laughs> it feels like Ben Shapiro talk. Objectively speaking. Um, the Last Jedi is the worst well, Star Wars. Saying things like, in my opinion, and stuff like that, you're undermining your own argument. You're basically saying, well, you're allowed to disagree. But if you say, if you just say, like, this was bad, then you're not leaving room for that. They have to argue why they don't think it's bad. <laughs> and I think that's the premise of this show. Yeah, but um, to your point, if it's only made for that audience, and that audience likes it, then it's successful, right? I guess it's a matter of what, what do the creators want it to be? And what does the audience think it is? But I'm a part of that audience, and I found it a little pandering. But then again, I didn't watch it in the midst of the pandemic like most people did. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I there, got all the references, a, there, but I didn't find them funny, I think is more the thing. Yeah, I mean, in, with every fandom, there's always a group of, like, hyper fans who know everything. And, like... Sure, you guys can exclude me from your group or whatever, but I've watched 153 musicals at this point. Like, you can't say that I don't like musics, musicals or that I don't understand what they are just because I don't know every actor and actress's name in, like, what year things came out. Like, I'm a fan. I'm not a hyper fan. You know, it's, like, two different things, right? Yes. And this was made for people who are obsessed. And that's fine if that's what you are. 
and you like the Jeremy Jordan song because you're obsessed with Jeremy Jordan, then whatever. <laughs> but I don't know who he is, and I've seen two things with him in it, but I don't remember actors. I don't, re I don't care. <laughs> and I respect you for that. That also makes it really easy to bring people on the show because you never get starstruck because you don't know who anyone is. <laughs> Dude, you could bring Jeremy Jordan on the show, and until the name popped up, I literally wouldn't know. <laughs> there has been offers of Jeremy Jordan to be on this show, um, and it just didn't feel right. I'm not going to... So, uh, yeah, you know, I, it's fine. It's whatever. Um, here's the time where I'm going to say nice things about someone not on the show, who I'm 100% sure won't even listen to this episode, but it's it, I want to say it. So, Brent, okay. you know he's been working on a Star Trek musical, a Star Trek parody musical for a couple years yes. now. I have seen a couple iterations of it. I have read a few iterations of it. I have given notes on many versions of it. I'm not a Star Trek fan. I get that musical. The jokes work. I laugh at it. I don't have to be a Star Trek uber fan to enjoy what he did there. Um, same for a lot of the Star Kid stuff. Like, I don't have to know every Disney film to get twisted. It helps, but I don't have yeah. to. I don't even need to have seen Aladdin to have get to get twisted. It's I don't know. It's like a it, and I feel like music theater is one of one of the biggest like uh, groups that d that does this. Uh -huh. But there's like this vortex of like niche knowledge and. You just get sucked down this rabbit hole and then you're making content for people that only understand stuff that are also down at the bottom of this vortex, right? And everybody else is like out here and they're like looking in and it's like a black hole. They're like, I don't, what are you talking about? Which is why I think our show works very well. You never let me get into that black hole because it is fairly easy to get into it like when you know a lot. Like if it was just me and Emily and Brent, it would go into that black hole within five minutes. Well, yeah, and then and then people who probably watch our show and like music theater and are like into it, but they, you know, they've seen a couple shows and they're not like obsessed, but they listen to us and they're like, oh, we like it. But if they watch this, they probably wouldn't get the jokes. Like, they, they wouldn't understand what's happening. <laughs> and he, I think they probably would get the jokes, they just wouldn't find them funny. That's true. They might be like you, where they get the jokes, but they'd be like, oh boy, they really, they're really down there, huh? They're really in the black hole. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I don't know, there is a lot of gatekeeping in the musical theater community, which I am not a fan of. Well, and that's a, a lot of communities. And like you said, with the Star Trek example, there is a gatekeepy side to the Star yes. Trek fandom. There absolutely is. And it is commendable that Brent is making it acceptable, uh, accessible for people who aren't in the bottom of the Star Trek vortex, because he could easily probably make jokes about, you know, season two, episode one, mo moment five, and like, and everyone's like, oh, I, I know that, and everyone who doesn't know that is like, wait, what, wait, what is, what's happening? Okay, <laughs> I, I hope Brent doesn't mind me going into this, but I think this is a great example for how he does parody, and I think it's funny without knowing the context, and he gives you enough to kind of make it there yourself. So, yeah. I, you know Wrath of Khan, the Khan is the bad guy in Star Trek 2. Yeah, he go he goes Khan the in against him, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah, that but the, the a thing about Khan when he shows up in the TV show is that he is from the 1990s. Um, <laughs> um and then sent to the future or whatever. Okay. Um so Brent 
puts a line in there in Khan's first song. I'm from the 1990s. Look it up, kids. Um, and then from that point on, he just makes 90s references and like he's <laughs> surrounded by 90s paraphernalia and like he's the Sega Genesis guy. Exactly. <laughs> like that is hilarious without knowing Star Trek things. But he gives you enough to get why that would be funny. Well, it's also it's not done in a gatekeepy way. Like he doesn't no. just suddenly Khan has all this 90s kids stuff and you're just supposed to know like oh he's doing a joke because in the original show if you watched it that he uh, he's from the 90s and but he, he tells you he's just like look it up you know that's funny here's the setup here's a bunch of payoff for the rest of the show and i think a lot of really good parody does that like you know there's even good like older parody movies that are like like, like airplane I'm not saying it's like a great movie now, but you could still watch it and you like nobody even knows what it's making fun of anymore. It's like, what is it? Uh, Air Airport or something like is the movie. There is a specific black and white movie that it took every plot element for from. Um, yeah. And then they took the visuals from Airport 74 or something. And then that was what. Yeah, but. Nobody even knows that movie. That movie is completely irrelevant, but some people can still watch Air- Airplane and, and it's funny because the jokes are just funny. Yes. You know, like, and that's how you do parody. <laughs> that's what separates the Young Frankensteins, the Blazing Saddles, and let's say um, uh, the Naked Guns apart from the epic movies, the Scary Movie yeah, 3. Yeah, those aren't, they aren't necessarily down the, the black hole of, of niche knowledge but the jokes are so specific to certain movies that if you don't remember that movie, you're completely out of the loop. You're like, what's the joke? Have you ever <laughs> seen, like, epic movie? Uh, I've seen epic movie and superhero movie, I think, were the two worst ones I've seen. Superhero movie isn't garbage. <laughs> I- I'm going to defend that one. That one is at least a thing though with writers and jokes. Epic movie it's just the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> and it's, it's the jokes there are. And I mean, sorry to compare it to what we're talking about, but the jokes there are are just, hey, remember this actor? And that's Isn't like pretty that much, funny? that's the joke. That's the joke. Like, look, it's Miley Cyrus. That's oh the joke. Oh my God, Iron Man. And then in, yeah, all of this hate was for one song, by the way. It's not even for the whole show. This is just because they did one song. <laughs> one that was song. Like this. Cut this song. Cut, cut, what is it? Big Cat is the song? Yeah. Cut Big Cat. Get cut rid of it. Big Cat. Um, <laughs> so, one last song before we wrap this up. Process of Elimination is probably my favorite song and scene within the mu- musical. How did Arthur end up lying face down in his soup? Did he do it to himself? Well, let's start with the group. Next to him was Lily, maybe Lily slammed the door. But how could she have done it when George knocked her to the floor? The process of elimination, let's call the body X, solve the Y in this equation. And that's the process of elimination. Where... Yeah. She's like describing the entire thing. There's some really intense, really cool looking imagery where they just go full wacky with it. This is the 11 o'clock number. This is Justine's moment. And it's it sells. It is a lot of fun to watch and a great, great scene. Yeah. And and the reveal is it ends up being fun. 
stupid, you but know. stupid fun. Like, it, it, I wouldn't mind it in a musical that's more consistent. Yeah. And and really, overall, the whole thing wraps up and, and you feel fine about it. Yeah. You're not like, you're not like angry or, or sour. You know, it, it leaves you with like, that was fine. <laughs> and that's how you should feel about it, I guess. Yeah. I'm sorry that we don't have a big opinion on this. We had some great discussions in this episode, but I don't think we had an intense, like, feel about this. Um, but you know who definitely has an intense feel about this? Um, Cheese ratings. patron? <laughs> Andrew. I feel like we're jumping here. What is your overall thoughts on a killer party and your cheese rating? Um, overall thoughts? I mean, there's some worthwhile stuff to listen to, and I guess just as the cast recording is, is better. It is a significantly um, better listen, yes. So, I mean, check that out, I suppose. I I don't know if I could say this is worth spending, you know, $13 on, especially now that the pandemic is pretty much over-ish. It's not really over, but the lockdown aspect of it is basically over, at least right now, until the anti-vaxxers put us back in. in. But, you know, whatever, what are you going to do? Um, it's fine. Um, for what it for what it is, it's fine. Uh, for cheese rating, I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it cream cheese because apparently during the pandemic, cream cheese sales uh, went way up, like forty percent increase. So oh, that's actually interesting. Um, so I thought the show was fine. The album is mixed better, and the songs are actually pretty stellar. I know we didn't talk about a bunch a bunch of them, but we're kind of on a time constraint this time. Um, but they're so well done, and the video version does not do them justice in any way whatsoever. So if you're going to give this a watch, give the cast recording a listen to, because you're not getting the full experience of the songs afterwards. So honestly, the only cheese rating I can give this is Garfield's 59th book, which is entitled The Big Cheese, because that's also a big cat. Wow, you really did you really did it with that one, Jess. Um yeah, um you should really like put a big old smiley face next to it, Juliet Antonio, when you get to our thing, and put a big old frowny face next to Andrews. Well, I did research for mine. You did do research. You know what? You're right. You should put a smiley face next to ours. Or you should put 8 equals D next to Andrew's and 8 equals 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 D next to mine. Because that's what much you, more accurate. Why do you get the, the big mouth? <laughs> <laughs> you know who definitely has a big mouth? <laughs> our patrons thank you guys for listening we're on itunes spotify stitcher and musicals for cheese please leave us a review on itunes we need more reviews on itunes or else we're gonna explode uh, <laughs> what the fuck am i saying we're on twitter at cheesy musicals or shoot us an email musical theater lives at gmail.com our title card is created by the amazing jolene casco go send her some love at jolene casco our keeper of the cheese is Juliet Antonio. This show is produced and edited by the incredible, the wonderful, the sadly absent Brianna Jones. Where we, miss we do miss her. Um, please, um, if you liked our brand new theme songs, and we're gonna have a bunch of them. Like uh, we're gonna change them up depending on what we're talking about. And they were all created by Robin Nash of IOU Music UK. Go follow them on their website, or if you want to pay them, yeah, yeah, whatever. They have Instagram and all that. Please give them follows. Say that we sent you. Um, thank you to the Broadway Podcast Network for having us on the platform and for not kicking us off for bullying Jeremy Jordan. 
Um, <laughs> man, we're just so hard on the Jeremy Jordan. How will look, he survive with his dashing good looks? I have nothing against Jeremy Jordan. The song Big Cat's not good, okay? That's it. <laughs> How will he survive with those dashing good looks and charm? Um, my God, the man, the man should be destitute by Wednesday, am I right? Yeah, once this drops, it's over. Alrighty, guys. I think that's it. Andrew, do you have anything else left to say? Um... Uh, no. Have a good one, everybody. Oh, no, I've been stabbed! Ah! Uh, oh, he's dead. That's, I mean, that's too bad. Ha-ha, I Man, am his now brother. now I'm stuck in quarantine, though. We should do a TikTok video. I am his brother. I did the murder. Bwa-ha-ha-ha. Very cool. And that was the musical. <laughs> that's it. Wait, did we ever spoil it? Was this the first spoiler we did? Yeah, that's the first spoiler, right at the end. If you made it this far, fuck you. If you made it this far, now you know the now you know the ending. Ha ha. ha, ha. <laughs> See you next time on Musicals with Cheese. There was a boom, then a shout. Like, I don't know the song. Then a push, then a shove, something like that. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lin-Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.